From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today we're talking about truth, justice, and the documentary way. The third year of the One Take Film Festival begins Thursday, April 25th, and runs through Sunday, April 28th. Here's your go-to information. OTFF is Rochester's documentary festival. This celebration of nonfiction filmmaking was born of the Little's monthly one-take documentary series. That series began in 2012, and our guests know a little bit about the one-take series and festival. Today, we're joined by one-take series programmer, OTFF festival director, and member of the legendary rock band Quag, Linda Maroney. I <laughs> uh, haven't heard that in quite a while. Thank you, Scott. I surprised you with that. Inside jokes are the best thing for podcasts, obviously, that no one, the audience doesn't get them. It's great. Our second guest, I don't think is in a rock band, but I don't know. You'll have to let me know if you are, is the Littles and One Take artistic director, Bree Merkel. Hi, Bree. Hi. I'm not in a rock band. I'm yes. There's still everyone. lots of time, though. Yeah. There's still time. Quag might have an opening. You know, Guy you know. Higgins and Friends might need <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He would have me in a second if I would just learn how to play an instrument. So Guy Higgins, of course, the house band for the One Take Film Festival. He is also returning for the third year. Before we dive into, there's a lot to talk about with a the lot. One Take Festival. So before we dive into it, I'll mention that if you just want to get some quick information on the One Take Film Festival, otff.org is your source. We have showtimes, trailers, schedules, pass and ticket information. It's all there. otff.org. Uh, the little.org could be your backup too if you <laughs> if you can't find otff.org. Now, as we all know, this podcast has millions of listeners. Uh, maybe one or two of them. You guys are laughing, but it's true. I believe it. No, I believe this is true. It's all true. Maybe one or two of them may not know what the One Take Film Festival is. So let's imagine you just chugged the Truth Serum Latte that's avail- available at the Little Cafe for the One Take Film Festival. Just chugged it all. Well, it's kind of a hot chug. drink. If it's it really might... hot. Yeah, you might burn yourself. <laughs> yeah, might not yeah. be a good idea. But you have the Truth Serum in you. How would you describe the One Take Film Festival to someone who's never heard it? Linda, we'll start with you. Um, I think, well, in your intro, you started talking about it, that we started as a monthly series in 2012 where we would um, showcase uh, one documentary a month. And usually we Skype in filmmakers or we have a panel discussion, depending on what the film is, the availability of filmmakers and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, I come from a documentary background. And for me, it's the most exciting aspect of cinema that's being created today. It's a living, breathing art form. And so not just the subject matter and the topics are, you know, explosive, I would say, in certain ways, but the form itself is changing and morphing, um, and people are playing with that. So it's it's really exciting time to be watching these types of movies. Um, so as the series started growing, you know, we spoke and talked about expanding it to include a four-day film festival, and that's where we are now, here in year three. All right, so I'm talking to someone who knows nothing about docs, or I'm not talking about you specifically, Scott. I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah, someone who's I clueless. just drank this true serum latte, <laughs> and I'm talking to someone who doesn't know much about what we're doing. I would say it's a festive gathering of people who enjoy nonfiction films, enjoy uh, real-life stories playing out in front of them, and there's also lots of discussion a lot of music, and a lot of opportunity to uh, interact and get to know other people in our community who like the same sort of thing. So you, you guys sold me. If, if I didn't know anything <laughs> about it, 
I would be in, 100% in. Uh, so we, there is a lot going on with this film festival. So we, t- in order to keep this kind of short, so is we're not... speed dating now? Do we, we have to do... <laughs> in a five, way. Five second answers the rest of the time. <laughs> in a way, I, less spell. I've actually done speed dating before, but... That's a whole other podcast yeah. that I want to hear. <laughs> I wrote an article on it, so there's an article out there on the internet about it. Um, but we're going to go rapid fire. So it is, in a way, speed... What's the film equivalent of dating? I guess you're dating a film in a way. Speed reviewing. Speed, speed critic, reviewing. Speed yes, critic. I like Maybe that. Something like that. That's the name of the segment. So we're going to just go through everything involved with the festival. You're just going to give us some quick take uh, information about each thing. So we'll start with something that is exclusive to pass holders. So again, if you want to pass, which I feel you do at this point. It's kind of a bargain, really. Yeah, yeah. it is. You get You actually get in for... Uh, much less, I believe, than what every film is. And you also get a brunch and a happy hour with snacks. So it's a really good deal. And speaking of the happy hour, that's where we'll start. The the first take, the <laughs> festival kicks off with a happy hour at Cure on Thursday, April 25th. What can you tell us about this? As fast as possible? Yes. Cool. I mean, you could talk, <laughs> you could talk at a normal speed. <laughs> you don't have to talk quickly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be cool. Fun. <laughs> She's deep. Period. <laughs> cool and fun. That's all you need to know. Cool and fun. That's our speed well, dating. Well, think of it we... as a warm-up, right? You're going to mm. have two movies that night. You need to get a little food in your belly and a little libations to, to, to open up the mind, body, mm. spirit. So think of it as, uh, as you know, pre-gaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it ends up being kind of like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you for a while, you know, because we we're in year three and a lot of these people we're starting to get to know. We have regular pass holders. And then it's also like, ooh, new people. And you're kind of chatting with them. So it's a mingle meet and greet. And it's a lot of fun. And we talk about what movies we're excited to see and have a drink and eat some apps. And it's a it's a really good time. It's cool and fun is what I think you're saying. Yeah, that's what I heard on the streets. (laughs) And it's a cool time to see. So last year we we went there and we saw that one of our favorites, Marilyn O'Connor, had dyed her hair one take blue, which I, know. I didn't know till awesome. that time there. So there could be surprises too. She's People pretty with much hair. a rock star for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I know. So hopefully she'll do it again. I haven't spoken. Someone's to her, gonna have to dye the hair blue. She's probably in a rock band. Yeah, that, that would we be don't amazing. Know about. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of this during the happy hour <laughs> brunch. Uh, so the then we go from there is the first film, also April twenty fifth. Uh, at 6.30, Midnight Traveler. What can you tell us so about this? So this film is is incredible uh, on so many different levels. Again, as I was talking about form and content before, uh, this was shot on three cell phones. You know, there's no big production value uh, that, you know, we think of with other movies and films. But it, it is so captivating the entire time. It's about this family trying to um, get out of Afghanistan safely. And it takes place over the course of two and a half years. And you're following their journey throughout Europe and really looking at what the situation is today. It really... Um, puts an incredible uh, face on refugees and what they're going through. And uh, it's it's compelling uh, intellectually, and, and, you know, it will break your heart open as well in a really incredibly and powerful way. Yeah, I think it's it really does kind of <clears throat> maybe, you know, I mean, we, we read and we see um, what's going on in the world, and that's one thing, and you can feel for it at some level, but this film really kind of makes you understand on a deeper level what it would feel like to lose your home and, and to be, you know, also responsible for the family that you have and trying to find a new home and then how hurt you feel to go from place to place and 
for people to just hate you because you're not from there. So I think that uh, it it's it's really emotional, but in one of those good ways where it reminds you of your connection to everyone, everybody else in the world. So it's a great movie. And I think that's the power of nonfiction filmmaking. I mean, certainly you feel emotions from all types of films, but to watch this and see this experience that other people had to live through is so powerful. Absolutely. And this isn't a Hollywood ending type story. You know, it's very much real. And this is what our lives are like today. And, and for so many people, um, so it, because of that, it becomes so much more powerful. Right. And then later that night, we, we go to a movie. It's a different kind of power. That is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good joke. Well, this next movie, I was told online that if you see it, you could be re, uh, risking your uh, eternal destiny going to that. So keep that in mind. This movie is called Hail Satan. It's from Penny Lane, who directed, uh, I think, one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, which was Nuts which was another fun documentary about uh, Dr. Brinkley, who I think you'll have to Google without enough time to explain him, but he's an interesting character. So this is at 9.30 on April 25th. Bree, we'll start with you. Hell Satan. Yeah, well, first I'd just like to say that this is completely, but my thoughts are my own, but um, I believe that everyone's eternal destiny is up to them and that no movie that they can watch is going to risk that one way or another. So I'm just going to say that and say, take a chance and come out. (laughs) You know, Uh, (laughs) it's what this movie is really about is more the separation of church and state. Why that's something to be protected um, in our country and is protected. Uh, Well, at least in theory, it's protected. Uh, And it's about a rising group of, I feel like they're more like activated atheists who um, kind of make uh, sort of symbolic stands all around the country when uh, something is threatening that right to the separation of church and state in our country. and it's very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. I don't feel that anyone is trying to make fun of any other no. um, religion or group of people in the film. It's really more just about uh, what is supposed to be protected in our country, uh, the freedom to express whatever you believe. Uh, and um, I thought it was great, uh, and I was totally along for the whole ride. I think that's also why she put the question mark as part yeah. of the title, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not Hail Satan exclamation point. It's Hail Satan question <laughs> because mark. Because nuts at an exclamation point. I know. It. She does yeah. like her, you know, her punctuation <laughs> in her titles. Although our Nixon, that was another film she did. I don't think, I don't remember. They just had a semicolon yeah, and then right. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, I agree with everything that Brie said about that one. And if you see this film and you'll probably want to say something about it afterward. We actually have a unique opportunity where we're filming testimonials after the movie. So if you really feel inspired or um, or you want to join Satanism, you know, come talk to us after the movie. And, and probably the first 40, 50 people in the door might be getting a free thing. We probably shouldn't say <laughs> what that is. But... Oh, yeah. But it will be fun. It's going to be cool. And in the cafe, we've got our after-hour... Um, presented by Rochester Cocktail Revival, and there will be a satanic dance party. What is that going to be? What do we oh, have to do? Oh, it's going to be fun. I mean, you have to find out, right? I, mean, I know. I'm you dance. Kind of I don't even <laughs> know. You don't even have to dance. I, you know, I mean, I don't know necessarily that, like, after a doc, at a, at a doc film festival is, like, an appropriate bust out and dance thing, but Why I think not? some people might. Yeah. yeah. We, can, we can move some chairs and tables out of the way. So it's Dr. Hamburger, and it's 
Beeple, which is Guy Higgins in one of his many forms. It's kind of like a crazy electronic. It's like a shapeshifter, like um, DJ <laughs> off, I would say, you know, kind of thing. I'm, they're going to let me know that I'm probably describing that completely incorrectly later on. But it's going to be fun. I know both of them and it's going to be great. So. But DJ off sounds thrilling. Yeah, I think, yeah. Is that what you would call it when two DJs they are going? They battle, yeah. Yeah, so maybe like a DJ battle sort of thing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Dr. Hamburger is a great name, too. Yeah, I have I no just, idea I, what to expect. I have to say, I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> so I should mention, the so the Rochester Cocktail Revival uh, After Hour Party, we're having it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night of the festival. So that's April 25th, 26th, and 27th. Uh, they'll be in the Little Cafe, so they'll be right nearby. And I think I should mention, too, so our... In the past two years, this festival has been in Theater One. Um, as our listeners, millions of you know, Theater One is being uh, renovated at the moment. So all these films, with the exception of American Movie, which will be in Theater Five, but the rest will be in Theaters Two and Three. So we'll have a back entrance, um, which will be very, very clearly entrance. labeled as so. Um, if you went to Image Out Festival in 2018, you will notice that it's the same entrance uh, at the Little. Fantastic. Which is hopefully, hopefully everyone listening will plan to go to both festivals. Go to all the festivals, people. That is, that is what we're saying here. So we're going to go into Friday, April 26th. We're going into day two of the festival. A little earlier of a start time for this one, four o'clock. You know, a lot of film festivals, you know, even condensed ones like ours that run Thursday through Sunday run starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, we're, you know, thinking Friday afternoons, people can, you know, leave a little early perhaps and come to the movie uh mm-hmm. dennis and lois is this really wonderful little gem of a film about this couple that have been following punk rock bands for f- over 40 years and you fall in love with both of them they're so charming and wonderful and um and driven by the music um and there's so many musicians that are in this movie that embrace dennis and lois you know i think there's one line saying you know it's it's pretty funny when you realize your merchandise people are more famous than you are um but it really it's it's really charming in that sense um and and joy even if you know this type of music may be not your scene but but understanding the drive and the love for music and following live music around and then the filmmaker chris cassidy is coming to the festival and he will be there afterwards for q a with so jeff exciting. spivak which will be fun <clears throat> all of that is so exciting yeah i think what i really loved about it was um you know, I think whenever you go to a concert, there's this part of you that wants to believe that, like, the musicians are looking right at you and that they they know that you're there and that, you know, you're valued as a fan. And then you see this actually played out with Dennis and Lois, that they kind of broke through that barrier. But also you see what it took for them to do that, which is basically, like, sacrificing yeah. all of the free time. I mean, it's not a sacrifice for them because they love it, but... All of their free time is devoted to going concerts. They have spent all of the money that they've had their entire lives going to concerts. They've been to their favorite band shows, you know, some of them like hundreds of times. So that devotion, um, seeing it played out to the extreme, is really fun to watch. And I think that's one thing that I like about the One Take series and the festival is bringing these filmmakers in for the series. Uh, As most of you hopefully know, we always will try to Skype or or speak with a filmmaker after the film. Um, And same with the the festival. We've brought in filmmakers. We've Skyped them, which adds another layer. Uh, We call it the little experience at the little, where you just, you see a movie, you learn, you have fun, you're educated, but there's also that another element, which is speaking with someone who 
directly made that who is responsible for that art which is I think a really cool and rare thing well I think especially with documentary films it's like you know at some point the filming stops and people want to know well what's happened since and you know how are things changed and what do people think of the movies and or if it's an issue what can I do within my community that's that would make a change or a difference so so I think having that interaction and that dialogue is really really important after documentary films so the the next film after that so we go to 6.30 on April 20th and again, this is all at otff.org. Uh, if you're not like following along, writing down all these dates that I'm saying, um, this will be an interesting one. This is uh, our community partner for this is our friends at WXXI News. Uh, this is a movie called The Brink. Linda, do you want to tell us about The Brink? Yeah, sure. Uh, so The Brink is a, a pretty amazing new film by director Allison Clayman, um, who directed I Weiwei, Never Sorry, which was another amazing movie. Um, and, you know, I've said this before, maybe not here, but I've said it before, is that the two most difficult things making a documentary film is getting the adequate amount of money you need to make the story that, or to tell the story you want to tell. And the other thing is getting the amount of access um, to be able to tell a really, really great story. You know, the more access you have, the more opportunities and different ways you can tell a story um, and tell it more truthfully and honestly. So Allison um, is a one-man band, basically. Um, a producer brought her on board to make this film. A producer had a relationship with Steve Bannon. I guess I didn't say what the movie was about there. It's about uh, Steve Bannon, spoiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it's about his um sort of uh, journey into Europe uh, after he leaves the White House to sort of bring the right wing parties together of Europe um, in 2018. So Allison shoots herself and she, you know, does all the sound herself. So she's really able to ingrain herself into um, a story and it's just her. And so because of that, you're not having a small crew. You're not having two people, three people. She was able to be in so many rooms and and, uh, film and record and um, so many different aspects of the story where the rest of us would never be able to get into. So we really, you know, I hate the fly on the wall saying, but it's true here to be able to experience it firsthand. And she does it in a way that, um, you know, lets us make our own thoughts and ideas about what the situation is. For me, it's pretty clear. Which is what journalism is. I mean, you don't want to, for for filmmaking like this, you don't want to have to force a conclusion. You want the viewer to have their own conclusion. Absolutely. Brie, any thoughts on Agreed. the brink? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear what I have to say about Steve Bannon. <laughs> but I think from a filmmaking point of view, this is amazingly well done. Yeah, absolutely. Films that are really at the highest level of filmmaking. And that is what this film is, absolutely, 100%. We, we definitely choose films that are not pure message. Like, there's documentaries that, that are out there that are just about a message. And even if Brie and I agree with the message, if it's not told in a really well-crafted um, and compelling way, we won't program it. it you know, the, the storytelling needs to be as important as whatever the subject matter is. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, speaking of the filmmaking, I really like what you said about the one man band. Um, I was in. I guess I should say one woman band. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. I yeah. got myself saying that. Uh, I was in um, in TV broadcast news. I work for a local station here in Rochester, and it is understaffed. And there are so many people who do the MMJ, multi multimedia journalists, is what they call it instead of one man band. That's the the proper name, but sure. I should have used. Um, and they go out, and you have to do so much to be able to film, edit report do everything yourself is is and a time hefty order yeah. Right. yeah it's very difficult and it's 
very impressive, which I think just makes the filmmaking here all the more spectacular and, and worth seeing. So that is The Brink, 6.30, 6.30 Friday, April 26th. Um, before we get in the next one, I'll mention that One Take Film Festival is on all your favorite social media channels. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Look it up. at uh, Most of them are either One Take Film Fest or OTFF. Um, give it a follow. Give the little theater a follow. And I may be mentioning this now for a reason, because our next film, Jawline, <laughs> at 9.15, deals with social media. Bree, do you want to start us off on this one? Sure. <clears throat> yes. And um, it deals with social media. It deals with um, what what I believe Liza calls the online streaming world and broadcast, broadcast world. Yeah. yeah. So streaming broadcasts uh, as a social media um tool pretty much so it, it focuses on a couple of young men um mostly on uh austin who i would say is probably the main character of the film uh and uh his struggle to try to kind of get to that next level of being you know a social media celebrity a youtube celebrity uh we were on the radio um for connections and one thing that i thought was really interesting was um liza had called in for that and she was calling it the gold rush that happened with um youtube celebrity you know within the past probably what eight years or so uh and how this is kind of the like death rattle of that time um and it makes a lot of sense because there was that moment where all of a sudden it was like wait that person's a celebrity but they've never been on a television show or on a you know Mm -hmm. there was this there's this new celebrity but you see it play out in um ways that i didn't know exist you know i mean apparently the bigger celebrities in this world go on like mall tours and when they just kind of like dance around and like give these like positive messages which is great um for their fans but it also kind of uh leaves you with a lot of questions about um where how how seated in reality um the kids are Mm. (laughs) those darn kids are these days so it's another film that makes you think and by the way we should have done a mall tour to (laughs) to support the one take (laughs) film festival yes (laughs) yes leave two months early for a mall tour (laughs) (laughs) So Linda, your 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 take on Jawline aside yeah, from I think it's it's you know pretty much everything what Bree has said. You know, after I watched it, it was one of those moments of going, "Holy crap, I knew nothing about this world," you know. And I'm a mom, I have two kids, and I, you know, they probably knew more about this than I did, which is kind of terrifying. Although they claim they didn't because I asked them about it afterwards. But um <laughs> do we believe them? Well, <laughs> maybe. Um <laughs> But it, it's it's one of those, again, it's going back to here's a world that's going on that is massive and I knew nothing about it. You know, I think that's there's a few of those movies in this lineup this year, you know. Um, so it was quite, quite inter- – it was very eye-opening for me in, in that sense. And, and then, well-crafted again. I mean, it's, yeah. it's beautifully shot. The cinematography in this one is exquisite. And so many kittens. There are so many kittens <laughs> in this movie. You guys buried the lead. Yeah. <laughs> We should lead with the kittens. That's the selling and point. And you won't. It sounds weird. And I'm not going to explain it at all. You just have to come and watch and you'll see. And you're going to be like, Brie, you were right. There were a lot of kittens in that movie. That's our promise here. <laughs> kittens. 
when we do the mall tour, we can bring kids. Along we can. Yes. We'll, yes. we'll note this. That will make it much more popular than it would be otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> we we need kittens. Yeah. We need the cuteness factor. I gotta think. Nothing makes me feel older than not knowing who a celebrity is. To I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Someone's like, oh, it's an online person. I'm like, I, I don't know. I think this is what getting old is like. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, Scott. That's it. Yeah. Right, I need those kittens. Bring them. Bring them on. <laughs> Uh, so we Saturday starts off with, I think, one of my favorite ones. I mean, all the events are my favorite, but this one I really like. It's a showcase for Western New York filmmakers, um, which is the coolest thing. There's so many talented people that live right around us here in Rochester, in the greater Rochester area, who could just showcase their short documentary films. Um, so we have this, and we also have a thing that we like to call Docs and Donuts mm. to go along with it. Would you like to tell us about this, Linda? Come Hungry. Um, <laughs> the end. Come hungry, the end. Um, so for the last few years, we have, you know, this is a completely curated festival between Brie and myself, but we are open for submissions for shorts. Um, and our Western New York program is made up of filmmakers who have a connection to anywhere between Buffalo and Syracuse, although this year we've also got from uh, Ithaca as well, or stories about those communities. Um, so this year we have 11 films from... I think 12 filmmakers, mm -hmm. half men, half women, which is exciting. Um, and amazing, amazing films, really solid films. Uh, this was probably the year we had the most amount of submissions, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it became harder to choose. It became much more difficult. Um, there's, I think, three, four from RIT students. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's amazing to watch what's coming out of RIT um, from the last few years, I think the films are getting stronger and stronger there. Uh, and then there's one film from Syracuse and one film from Ithaca. So it's definitely, we've we've broadened our borders this year, I think. Called This is Syracuse and We Are Ithaca, <laughs> which is fun. Um, I think they'll throw down. Yeah, I hope. They absolutely will, um, along with the yeah, DJs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I watched the whole program because I was the quality control person after we created the content for the show. And I, at the end, I really was like, wow, this is an amazing shorts program. So pat on the back for me and Linda, right? Here. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a joke. That's we're here to, to pat you guys on the back. <laughs> and a pat on the back to the filmmakers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, they the did filmmakers. a lot of the work. Yes. Um, but what also is neat is the Rochester Documentary Group uh, is giving out their first grant this Yay, year. Yeah. So this is really, and that's going to happen before this program. Um, so they raised some money and... It's so funny saying they, but yes. Um, and <laughs> Linda is the founder of the Rochester Documentary Group, everyone. But the, <laughs> the goal is to, again, to, uh, you know, create more films and good work here in, within our community. So each year there's going to be an annual grant for Rochester-based documentary filmmakers. And this year the first one is going to be given to Julie Gelfand. She receives $500 and, and then... The goal is for her to finish her work this year, and we'd show it at the festival next year. Which that those funds are so important for a young filmmaker too. I mean, it's it's hard to come across that. So something like this is really doing a great thing, and and hopefully it's going to help produce some great work too from these Absolutely. filmmakers. Yeah. Um, and of course, you'll you'll see me at the uh, at the screening just shoving uh, donuts in my face. It's gonna yeah three three dollar doc and donut deal is um, a cup of coffee. And a donut, $3. Donuts Delight. Donuts yeah. Delight. It's like donuts. a bargain. Yeah. 
It is. I don't think you can get, even at Donuts Delayed, I don't know if you so, can get a coffee in a See, donut. we're constantly concerned about people and keeping up their stamina for yep. all these movies, you know? So it's like food in the beginning and coffee. And this is what you, we call brain latte. food, too. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Saturday's a long day, so. And of course, I can make the, the grand reveal, probably the biggest thing of the festival, is that we're going to have OTFF in donuts, just a donut of an O and a T. And then the FF, which is really the, I think, the biggest selling point here. Yeah. Aside from the kids. <laughs> I know. And I should mention that Bree and Linda are both very humble. I was talking about patting patting ourselves on the back. But you guys do so much to make this festival happen. It's really awesome. And you you truly do deserve pats on the back. So uh, do you, Scott. So thank I know. you. We That's have true. many, many hands that help with this thing. Yeah. It's not us alone. That's for sure. I mean, you know, I was going to, once you guys leave, I was going to just toot my own horn for like 10 minutes to oh, close okay. the podcast. So, so you don't <laughs> have to worry about do. that. We don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Keep that it real. at all. So on Saturday, Saturday is our pack day. We have a lot going on. Um, we have at one o'clock Ear Docs which is a discussion about podcasts, which I feel if you're listening to this podcast now, you're probably the audience for EarDoc. Right? There's been a rise of podcasting. Um, But also, it's another way of telling nonfiction stories, right? It's another way of of getting information out in an informative and enlightening and fun, entertaining way. Um, So Juan Vasquez... Um, has organized a panel to talk about different things from how to podcast um, to different styles and different ways that what works for different people and how to do it. You know, I know I keep running into people, including Marilyn O'Connor, who wants to start a podcast. Like there's so many people that, you know, think, oh, yeah, I could do that. There's something I have to say. I want to do it. So this is sort of a little uh, roundtable discussion for people like that and perhaps people that you know, have been doing it for a while and maybe want to meet some of these people too. Uh, so going from the podcast, we're actually moving out of the little for this next event. We're, we're going for fresh air and sunlight, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, better be. <laughs> and some amazing music from a world-class composer, right? You want to tell us a little bit about the biggest little farm? Linda? Yeah. So Jeff Beal is a composer for this film called The Biggest Little Farm. He was an Eastman School um, graduate. He was here, I believe, in the 80s. As Jack Garner says, he used to run around town with his jazz band. Um, And since he's left, you know, he lives in California now, he's gone on to score some amazing documentary films uh, and TV. If you look at his IMDb page, it probably goes on for about five days. It's that long. Um, And he's probably best known for House of Cards. but he's done so, so many things. He's won a bunch of Emmys and huge nominations. And he does a lot of these live scores of different films that he's done and different works, and which has sort of taken off, you know, all over the place now. So we've been courting him for a while in different ways. Of, that brings of, the speed dating a whole new, I know, uh, right? a whole new element. <laughs> well, I don't know that his wife would appreciate me saying courting. but Courting in a film way. Exactly. We, in a festival setting. Um <laughs> But we've been trying to work together and, you know, timing doesn't always work out. But this year it did. So he's coming um, and he is working with the uh, Empire Film and Music Ensemble. Media, did I get that Empire right? Film and Media Ensemble. Media Ensemble. E-Fame. E-Fame, right. Yes. Um, and they're, I believe they're going to have about 30 musicians that day. And they're performing, you know, everything live, all the music live, which is going to be phenomenal in this really tiny little space. We only have about 150 seats. Um, So 
I think that will sell out pretty quickly. So it's at the Eastman School of Music, 26 Gibbs Street. Uh, again, if you're a pass holder, please RSVP to this. Yes. yes. If you want a ticket, you, again, we recommend, highly recommend you do it as soon as possible because this will sell out. And it's really going to be, I think, one of the more uh, unique things that we've had at the festival. Well, and this has never been done for this film anywhere in the world. This is the first time this is being done for this film, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. And the pr- it's a slightly different price. It's $15, which I feel is it's a pretty good deal. Obviously, I'm biased, but that, that's a yeah, good no, deal. Yeah, no, I think it is a really good deal yeah. for something like this, for this amount. Yeah. And, and there will be, of course, a Q&A with Jeff Beal afterward and Jack Garner, um, one of our favorites, again, and a legendary film critic here in Rochester, yep. will be uh, conducting that Q&A with Jeff Beal. So that will be... That'll and it's and that's just the music part. I mean, there's the whole film aspect yeah, yeah. too, which is this yes. really wonderful story of this couple who live in California, and he's a cinematographer for nature films. And I forget what she did. I don't. I think she was like a yoga instructor or something. Yeah, anyway, I think so or nutrition yeah. or something. Yeah. And they decided to pack it all in and move further upstate in California and buy a hundred acres of land, and they're going to have this amazing farm. And they have these stars in their eyes and storybook ideas of what this is going to be like, but their 100 acres is basically dust, you know, like it's really, really sad in the beginning. And it becomes, you know, how much work goes into doing this. And, and, you know, you have, you fall in love with some of the animals, I will say that. Yeah. (laughs) More animals, everybody. More baby animals. So we have kittens and jawline and pigs and other, a bunch of fun farm animals here. Things don't always end well for the animals in Pig's Little Farm, though. I mean, Let's all be honest about it. So yeah, there's coyotes. Get ready for some heartbreak too. Oh man, this. Is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's ha- it's a mix. I'm getting sad there's thinking a about good, it. There's a good mix of happy and sad with the farm animals. And As, there farm. is with any film, really. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's true. I mean, that's basically Babe, which is, which is <laughs> the ultimate. It's the farm non-fiction animal. version of Babe. Yes. <laughs> that's the top way to sell it. <laughs> so again, tickets for this uh, are on sale at otff.org. Again, if you're interested in that one, I mean, really, if you're interested in any, I we would recommend um, planning ahead early, buying tickets, or even buying a pass, which gets you um, your priority into any of these films. But again, this one especially yeah. will sell out um, and is going to be quite the experience. We're excited for this one Absolutely. and all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from the biggest little farm, and this next one I think is really a top seller too. Got that prime Saturday 6.30 slot. Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am. Uh, Bree, do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, I mean, it's really just uh, a, a celebration of everything that Toni Morrison has achieved in her career and how she started out. There are a lot of things that I didn't know about um, her that are revealed in this documentary. I didn't realize that she was working more on the kind of like literary agent publisher side of things for a long time and and until she kind of came into her own as uh, you know her own confidence as a writer uh but i think that this is one of those movies and i kind of feel similarly about um words from a bear where she's just such an amazing artist uh, amazing writer and to have the opportunity to just watch her on screen talk about her work read excerpts sometimes you know just every little piece that you get of her feels kind of like a little treasure you know and it's one of those movies that just um you just come away from it with such a huge respect for everything that she's been able to accomplish and do and and her art 
It's definitely a celebration of her and yeah. her work. And and going back to what Bree said about not knowing enough about her, I remember reading Song of Solomon in high school and being blown away. Like I had never read anything like that. Um, and I can't believe looking back that, you know, my little Catholic high school, that that was part yeah. of the course. I know it was pretty progressive. Um, but, it, you know, you weren't taught about her in any sort of way. And it's definitely explaining so much and so empowering um, and so many levels um, that it's it's a really, really wonderful celebration of her and her work. And yeah. this film, we will also have a panel discussion afterward, uh, hosted by community sponsor Woke Art. Um, and that'll be a great conversation. Too, yeah, I, I know. And I know um, the three panelists haven't seen the film yet. So it'll be exciting to see what their first take of it is. Yeah, I think there, it's going to be a really special discussion after the movie. I think they're going to really um, love the film. So I'm excited for it. I've done panel discussions sometimes where you see the movie ahead of time so you can prepare, but I've also done it like that where you're seeing the movie for the first time. And sometimes it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes something will immediately stick out to you right. um, and it'll really spark some terrific conversation. And yeah, I know that that's something, you know, we'll see sometimes people will, you know, they'll leave right after the movie and which I understand people have places to go, but I, I think especially this one. No, yeah. no, no. We strap them into their seats. <laughs> you have to- Right? Isn't that part of it? We've OTFS Well, we weren't going to tell people that, Linda. (laughs) That was one of our secrets. Thanks for revealing that. I'll edit it out so no one will know. It's okay. (laughs) He will not be strapped in. You're okay. (sighs) Wink. Scott. (laughs) So our next film after that, which is at 930... I'm excited for this. I actually have not seen this movie. You've never seen it? No. So finally, we have a one-take and Saturday Night Rewind uh, collaboration, which is so rare. Saturday Night Rewind, of course, is the Littles uh, genre series. It's every month with Fright Rags. Um, So this summer, we have the Summer of Sequels. So they show a lot of blockbuster sequels. So we're showing Ghostbusters 2, Gremlins 2, um, a lot of 35-millimeter films. Uh, So to be able to team up and do a documentary is cool. So this is American movie, 20th anniversary. Bree, do you want to start us off on this? Sure. Uh, Yeah, American movie... um... I can never even figure out how to describe American movie. Um, Which it's, is itself a good description. <laughs> yeah. It's um, about a, another film being made. I think that's what's weird about trying to uh-huh. describe it. You know, so this film um, is the true story of um, a very, very, very indie filmmaker trying to make his vision and uh, achieve achieve a feature length film on screen called Coven. Um, <laughs> Not Coven. No, nope. no, no. <laughs> no. There's a whole that thing about Coven. it. It is Coven. I've yes. seen the trailer, so I could at least yeah. set you up on that. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you know, you kind of fall in love with them a little bit, and and um, how uh, how honest honestly earnest they are about uh, making this movie uh, and you cringe sometimes and you laugh out loud sometimes and it's just it's a really good movie and at its time I don't think there were a ton of other films that had come out that were kind of doing this sort of like movie documentary about a movie yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's fun and you know we, we played Buffy the Vampire Slayer last month um, and for Saturday Night Rewind, and I happened to be there, um, and uh, because they love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, 
during the trailer, people were going nuts. Like, everyone was laughing hysterically in the theater, and I expect it's going to be a really fun, um, boisterous time in the theater that evening. It's kind of become this cult documentary, and there's a few of them, but not a ton of them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's a really nerdy subsect of... uh, yeah, of film fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely become this cult movie. I know the first time I saw it was, you know, it had won the big award at Sundance in 1999. And I remember seeing it um, in the Lower East Side at like a dive bar. And we were watching, we watched the movie and then we watched a 16 print of Coven. And it was just, I mean, the perfect setting right at that time yeah. for, for this movie. <laughs> um, but there's, it, it has become where there's, People recite lines to it. You know, yeah. they know the lines and stuff. And and some people find it really um, hysterically funny and others find it come- somewhat upsetting, you know. Um, and for me, it falls sort of into both of those places, um, as any really great movie does. Yeah. We had someone comment on our, our Facebook group for this. I, I think it was the Facebook group. And they said they actually saw Coven before they knew about American movie. And oh, they saw funny. this. And then they looked it up and, and found the story behind it. So they saw they said that they saw Coven and people were laughing and having a good time in in the theater. And they're like, why? I don't understand what's going right. on here. And then you don't they saw it. American movie and, and put it together. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's great. Um, and I, I should mention, too, so Saturday Night Rewind, um, if you haven't checked that out, um, again, you can go to that at little.org. We have the list of upcoming Saturday Night Rewind films. Um, and this is really an experience within itself. They always do a fun uh, pre-show uh, film beforehand, or at least credits that are scrolling on the screen before the movie. Um, and it's kind of like being like in your parents' basement or something, being together with a bunch of friends, watching a cult favorite, or watching uh, even maybe a blockbuster movie. So it really has its own experience. And it's uh, the credit to our, our team at The Little that does that, our projectionists, and, and of course, Fright Rags, too. They're, they're pretty amazing, and they, they help a lot with, with that. Um, so after the Saturday Night Rewind, we this is sad. We get to the last day of the festival, Boo. Sunday, Aww. April 28th. So sad. Um, so we have the final take brunch is our first thing. Linda, do you want to tell us oh. about how much Bree knows you'll more eat about day? the parties than I. Do. I keep Sorry, calling on no. the wrong person here. <laughs> <laughs> we should just let Linda and I do our silent signal to each other, where we. What where do we, we have a silent out. signal? I, well, I think it's just like you we know, wink? Like kind is of a wink? wink. It's like a look. I think it's maybe like a... Okay. This is the bond that festival organizers form with each other. Just a little nod of the head and we know. (laughs) Uh, 10 a.m., pass holders only um, at the Inn on Broadway. We're going to have a delicious brunch, um, complimentary with your pass. Um, Might even have some little special things for our pass holders because we love them not um, kittens though sorry i'm sorry i said not kittens that's not no the thing. not no, kittens not this unfortunately year. No kittens this year. <laughs> um and full hot breakfast uh we're gonna have some mimosas um you know it's it's a really nice opportunity to actually get a little bit of calm time to kind of sit down and have a meal with everybody that you've been hanging out with all weekend long and talk about the great it's it's like sort of like the what i was saying about the happy hour it's it's more like the end of it um and taking more of a breath some of the excitement is dissipated because it's the last day but you're talking about what stuck out to you during the festival and checking in with people and a lot of heated debates about what they've seen so uh 
it's really fun and i'm so excited to have it at the in on broadway there uh, they came on as a sponsor this year we love them um it's a beautiful location and the ballroom is just such a fantastic place in rochester to have a brunch so we were really psyched when that worked out so get your passes if you don't have them otff.org all right we're running out of time so we're going to go through these last ones we'll skip right to this the proposal at noon Sunday, April twenty eighth. I'm not going to call on anyone. I'll just let it's. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do run your signal. It's. It's. I think it's honestly. I think it's the perfect post brunch movie. Um, it's this beautiful another shot so exquisite. I think it's yeah. one of those where every frame is so beautiful to look at. Could be a still photo that you look at it uh, in an exhibit, and it's made by a woman. Um, who's also the subject of the film. And it's about the rights of this Mexican, famous Mexican architects, um, his oeuvre uh, and, and his uh, all of his work and how to get it back into the hands of Mexico instead of living in Switzerland. And it's kind of a mystery. I kind of don't want to say too much about it. Yeah, it definitely unfolds like a thriller and it's really hard to describe, but it's it's so worth the watch. So I hope that without too much you know knowledge previously that people will take the chance and come watch it and it is so beautiful to look at and jill is an artist too the director and that is so apparent when you're watching this film so take a chance people come out and watch the proposal it's great it's by one of the little's favorite distributors well it's not by them they are the distributor of the film oscilloscope we love them and we love the movies that they choose so uh and we'll be skyping with jill afterwards so that's another really Mm -hmm. fun treat and speaking of oscilloscope, shout out to their social media people. They're always so fun. They're yeah. working all the time. Yeah, they're great. And they respond to the theaters like they respond to the little, which is nice, too. You see some that will not do that, and right. which is always a fun bonus thing. But I'm getting side- sidetracked, and we're running out of time. So at 3 o'clock on Sunday, April 28th, we go to the Dryden, second year go to the Dryden. being at the Dryden. Do you want to tell us about this? It's a, another beautiful film about a photographer, Gary Winograd, who took these amazing photos, many of which you would see and be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, You may not know his name, um, but us living in such a photography huge city, um, many people would. Uh, And I think looking at this on the big screen is going to be pretty wonderful. And we have the director of that film coming as well. So she'll be there in person uh, and she'll do Q&A with Jared Case of Eastman. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> we're trying yes. to go fast Scott <laughs> yeah. we're not that bad on time I'm just trying to some of us tend to talk a lot not to throw myself under the bus but it's me I talk too much sometimes <laughs> so then we close the festival words from a bear this is a very intriguing Isn't festival a great title? Closer. yeah I love it yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. Um, I think it's such a great one to end the festival with. Uh, It's about um, the Pulitzer Prize winning writer uh, and Scott Mamaday. And uh, he uh, he is a Native American poet, writer, philosopher, uh, artist. I mean, he does everything. And and like I was saying, and comparing this to the Toni Morrison film, um, you get to look at so much of his life and see all of the different forms that his art takes. But he also has the most amazing voice and he reads his poetry in this and then um the filmmakers made this uh, wonderful choice to animate those stories and poems that so while he's speaking it goes to these animations of of the kind of fables and folklore that he's talking about um and it's gorgeous uh i went into it thinking like yeah this is going to be a really straightforward documentary and i was just I loved every second of it. I felt like I was being kind of like told a bedtime story um, during a lot of those in this really wonderful way. 
Uh, so, um, and we're going to have the producer of the film, Jeffrey Palmer, here. Uh, he And director. He did, did oh, both. and director. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And director. I thought he was just a producer. Oops. He does it all. He did it, <laughs> he did it all. Uh, and he is going to be here. He teaches at Syracuse, right? Yeah. So... Uh, he's going to come and close out our festival um, in the most wonderful way. That sounds wonderful. I really like the description of a bedtime story. That I think that just really there's a little bit of whimsy like to that. that. You're going to watch it and you're going to be like, yeah, Brie, you were right. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> you know, we keep talking about documentaries and nonfiction and truth and all this stuff. But I feel like this one sort of brings in an element of mythology. Yeah. Uh, and, and which is also sort of in all of our DNA from when we sat in caves and told stories. Um, So I feel like there's a level of truth to mythology as well. Um, And so I think it rounds it out, the programming in that sense Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. That really comes full circle, the theme of truth. Wow, that just blew my mind a little. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything we forgot? One Take Film Festival, April 25th to 28th. At the, mostly at the Little, also at Dryden and at the Eastman School of Music. Is there anything we miss? We've got we have merchandise, pastels, truth serum lattes yeah. this year, <laughs> which I'm excited to try. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna have music from Guy, and on our website you can see kind of like an outline of what that music schedule will look like. We're kind of working. It's gonna all all be in the cafe, so we're working with the cafe musicians. Um, so we'll have some regulars from the cafe along with Guy doing extra sets. So there's gonna be things going on all the time. And then lots of filmmaker discussions, you know, there and via Skype and um, and lots of discussions with amongst ourselves. I mean, you were saying, I don't know, I think before we started this about what we like best or something we want to mm-hmm. wrap it up. And for me, um, you know, there's a difference between going to see a film and then experiencing a festival, you know, packing in so many different stories and holding all of this together and then getting to talk to people that you're standing online or waiting for your truth serum latte or you're sitting in your chair waiting to be like, oh, have you seen this? No. Well, you have to see that. Or did you catch this one? Or no, but I'm so excited for that one. Like those conversations sort of foster this spirit and this connectiveness that we don't really have in everyday life that only festivals really provide, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. I think, I mean, we're all working, obviously, during the festival. But really, I think one of my favorite parts is just talking with all these people. And some people you don't see as often. Some you see all the time at every one take, speaking with the filmmakers, discussing the movies, like laughing over drinks. It really is a special experience. And, you know, Rochester, we're so lucky to have so many awesome film festivals. And this is one of them, the One Take Film Festival. So people, otff.org, get those passes, get those tickets and come join us. Uh, I would like to, before we go, I'd like to thank, uh, we have a bunch of wonderful sponsors, community partners this year. Um, So I'd like to give them a a shout out. We have uh, WXXI, Rock Vox Recording, Hollerhorn Distilling, The Inn on Broadway, Rochester Cocktail Revival, Full Measure, the New York State Council of the Arts. Um, Thanks as always to my awesome guests, Linda Maroney, Bree Merkel. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks for having us, Scott. Uh, Movies in a Microphone, brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time for a little break. 